The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Yo, you're checking out Red Pill Tamales. It's 100% listener funded. We can't be censored thanks to you. If you want to join our Patreon, hit us up. Patreon.com forward slash Red Pill Tamales. Or just search Red Pill Tamales. Right now, I want you to get ready for the Masa Messiah. The Tamale Kingpin. You know where I'm going with this? And Ray the Foreplay. I'm all, hey, I'm already not comfortable. The Versace Mariachi. What? All the way from Houston, Texas. Chingo But uh, Chris Irons is his name, quoth the Raven. Like I said, I got a lot of homework to do. I'm going to go consume all this and nerd out. Hell yeah, man. Good episode. Red Pill Tamales, baby. He said at one point, Bill Clinton has said much worse things to me on the golf course. (laughs) (laughs) And you you know that shit's true, too. You know what I mean? You know fucking Bill Clinton said shit, too. Bill Clinton said, grab him by the butthole. (laughs) (laughs) By the balloon knot. Damn. Damn, Bill. Hey, is, is money gonna go digital is that one of the theories Uh, i know you mentioned earlier that the chinese was it yuan they you know that could be one of their potential chess moves yeah well i think they're already starting to do that i think every country is starting you know all the central banks are starting to experiment with digital money and so uh you know it's just one more step removed from money backed by anything right Mm. you know dollars used to be you could take a dollar and you could you know, go to your Federal Reserve Bank and exchange it for X amount of gold or X amount of silver. And then we went off, you know, the gold and silver standard. And now we just have notes. Federal, they're called Federal Reserve notes. Um, and they actually are notes. They're liabilities for the Federal Reserve. So we have these pieces of paper now. And at least you can fucking hold them. You know what I mean? Like, at least you can pick them up and hold them. Like, if you want to hoard some cash at home in the safe, you can actually do that. And digital is just one more step removed from reality. You know, it, 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 it makes it easier to transact, obviously, but it also there's a lot of cons that come with the pros, right? The, the pros are uh, probably makes things a lot easier in terms of transacting, but also and makes it easier to manipulate the money supply and to control things like velocity of money. And, um, you know, which would essentially be like if the Federal Reserve gave you a thousand dollars, which they might do now for stimulus. But if it was digital, they might be able to put a time limit on it and say, dude, you got to spend this in fucking, you know, five months or it goes away. Like that kind of shit can happen with digital money that can't happen with paper money. So, um, you know, it's one more step removed from a money backed by anything. And there's one of two ways that that can go. One is. It's going to be the key to unlocking a utopia going forward, or it's going to eventually result in hyperinflation and a giant elastic swing back toward money that is backed by something that has some tangible value. Um, and so, but I think that, you know, digital currency is inevitable for all of the uh, all the central banks at this point. I think everybody's looking at it. 
But, Speaking you know, it's like, look, you got to like I'm one of those people that likes gold and silver. Why? Because it's been widely accepted as money for thousands of years. Right. It's got this huge track record and I can hold it. And, you know, you can take it with you. You can um, dollars are not uh gold and silver they're not you know if you think gold and silver is real money you think dollars aren't real money but at least you could pick them up and take them somewhere and if you think dollars are real money you may not even think that digital money is real money because you can't access it if you don't have power like mm, i find that interesting that's like a big thing people talk about bitcoin with you know i always say like well what happens if you're in texas and the power goes mm. out like you, you might as well not have your fucking bitcoin at all because if you don't have internet access it doesn't really exist to you mm. you know so it's like all right but uh you know, maybe it's just I'm I'm sure for my time period in my life, I'm almost 40. There's going to be things that make sense to me that don't make sense to younger generations. And and I think there's probably stuff, you know, that makes sense to guys that are 60, 70, 80 years old that don't make sense to me. So digital digital currency is just that next iteration, you know. So when we talk about inflation, by the way, in your opinion, how how quickly is what all this money printing is that's happening, how quickly is it going to affect the money that, say, you or I, us, have in our banks, that have in savings, that we have invested? How quickly is that going to diminish or affect that money that we actually have? So that's a really good question. And it really kind of all depends on which numbers you look at, right? If you look at the government's CPI numbers or, you know, their PCE numbers, or which are essentially like the government... Uh, official macroeconomic data on inflation, like how quickly are prices rising? And by that percentage is the amount of uh, purchasing power that your dollar decreases by on an annual basis, right? So if you have $100 now and that loses 2% of its purchasing power every year, next year, your $100 bill is only going to be able to buy you what $98 the year prior would have been able to buy you. Even though it's still $100, it has less purchasing power. It has less value, right? It's got less bang for, for the buck, to use an expression. So if you don't look at the government's numbers and you just take some inventory in your own life, look at you know things in your own life, like I've done, like many other people have done, there's this great index online called the Chapwood Index, which basically takes a basket of 500 consumer items and looks at their prices over the course of, uh, you know, several years. Um, what they see and, and what people like myself that examine these things by looking at the price of a Budweiser or looking at the price that my HOA and my condo costs or looking at the price for an oil change for my car. Generally, what you see is prices are rising between like nine and 10 percent a year. Um, which stands at stark odds with what the government tells us, which is that you know prices are rising maybe one percent a year right now, or one and a half percent, and they have this wow. target for two percent or two and a half percent. What is that source um, again? And the reason for that is several. What is that? that what is that website or what was it where you can see look this up? Uh, it's called the Chapwood Index. C H A P W O O D Chapwood Index. Okay, um, and it's really cool. It, it breaks down the cost of living in like, and it's really easy to understand too. It breaks down the cost of living in like, I think the top 50 or 100 major cities in the country. And then it shows you a basket of items that they use to track the prices. And it's everything from, you know, getting an oil change to buying deodorant to getting a haircut to filling up the car with gas to buying a computer to, 
you know, all the shit you would normally use on a daily basis, mm-hmm. paying your tuition, paying your health care. Um, but the CPI, the government numbers, they do a couple of things. They make adjustments to prices in these arbitrary ways where if they determine you're getting more quality the next year uh, for the same amount of dollars, they might void out the price increase and say, all right, well, you're you're getting you're getting the benefit of the price increase back through the improved quality of the product or service. So that's one way they can make adjustments. Mm. And the second thing is they don't include everything that normal people spend money on in their calculations. Offhand, I can't tell you what they leave out, but I think they leave out like healthcare costs. They leave out college tuition, um, you know, things that of course are skyrocketing in price every year. So the government has a way to kind of fuck with the numbers. Um, to make people think that inflation isn't really as bad as it actually is. There's really two ways to think about inflation. The old school definition, those old school guys 100 years ago, would tell you that inflation is the expansion of the money supply, which if you look up a chart of M2, which is essentially all of the money that's just floating around, the amount of dollars in creation, uh, today, right? The actual amount of dollars that are out there floating around. Um, that when that expansion, when that expands, that that's inflation. And the reasoning behind that is because, just like with supply and demand, with everything else, the more of something you create, the less it is worth, right? So if the three of us have the only three dollars in the country, we're fucking holding, you know, these incredible, amazing. Uh, instruments of of purchasing power right but if 30 more people show up next to us and the central bank prints 30 more dollars for them and now all of a sudden there's 33 people with dollars instead of just three people with dollars our dollars are worth much less and you just kind of expand that as the money supply expands the dollars have less and less purchasing power which is why if you look at a chart of if you search for fred f-r-e-d which is the fed's uh uh macro uh, data website it's called fred but if you look at like the m2 chart for fred you see the money supply steadily going up and if you look for purchasing power of the u.s dollar on fred you see the dollar consistently going lower which is why you know a cup of coffee cost fucking 10 cents 50 years ago and today it's seven dollars <laughs> they say it's inflation what it really is is it's the loss of purchasing power in the dollar you need more dollars to get the same thing right so um inflation happens and really when people like you ask well when are we gonna see it what you're asking is like when are we gonna see what happened in venezuela which is this insane increase in consumer prices right when bread goes up to 50 dollars a loaf you know in in two weeks like that kind of fucking crazy shit um and it's a really good question because the fed has created if you're an old school purist you think that the creation of the money in general um is inflation which i do But for most people out there, even guys like Jim Rickards will say inflation really is an increase in prices. And until it's reflected in consumer prices, it doesn't really matter. And then the question is, where does that money go once it's created? A lot of the money that the Fed creates to stabilize the markets goes into these deposit accounts at large banks, and it's just never touched. So technically, it's created, and it's out there, and it's part of the money supply, but it's not being moved around. Right. So when you hear people talk about velocity of money, they're talking about how quickly a dollar goes from me to you, to your brother, back to me, to the taco stand, 
The taco guy takes it. He uses it to buy, you know, a case of beer. The, you know, the beer vendor takes it, pays one of his delivery drivers, and the dollar is just fucking going all over. But that's the velocity of money, right? Mm-hmm. And in order for consumer prices to rise, you need all of the money that's parked in these banks and institutions and all these places to hit, you know, consumer products and services and kind of make its way out there into the mainstream. And so the big $64,000 question is, when is any of this money that the government has created over the last 20 years going to do that? Are we going to see hyperinflation in prices? At some point, are we going to, you know, the money is all at the starting gate. At some point, is the gate going to open and the money finally going to make its way into consumer prices? What you see now is you see inflation in things like home prices, in like financial assets, um, in commodities now. You see lumbers over, you know, $1,000 now for the first time ever. So, while we're not seeing it in, you know, the price of milk just yet, it is starting to happen, right? Inflation is out there. You just got to look in the right place. I've owned the house I'm in now for five years. And in the course of five years, it's appreciated like 28 or 30%, I think, based on the last comps for the same neighborhood, right? That's inflation. That's price inflation. That Because if you're a buyer of homes... What that is to you is that's the price of houses going up, right? You're seeing inflation in home prices. As the homeowner, I don't mind it, right? Because at least in nominal terms, the, the value of the home is is uh, increasing. So you see it in financial assets. You see it in stocks. You see it in homes. You're starting to see it in commodities. Like I said, corn is skyrocketing. I think soybeans are at like near all-time highs. The price of uranium is really, really high right now. Lumber is really high. Um, and so it's just a question of when it does hit that, um, when you do see it, you know, at the supermarket is what everybody says. Right. And, uh, and, and you will, you will at some point, it's just a question of when and, and how bad is it going to be when it happens. But the, the important thing, you know, is the money's out there somewhere. It's just got to make its way into the products that fuck your day up. If you want the entire thing, you got to be a patron, man. Shout out to all the patrons. Head on over to patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales we got all the bonuses all exclusives all the goodies all the behind the scenes see you there patreon.com forward slash red pill tamales sas